Number nine. Number nine. The following takes place between 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. So this girl Yasmin has definitely earned her place in the support group for all 24 children, wouldn't you say? Jeez, oh, she, who, you know, she, she did a good. She, she, she was a very convincing. Uh, young lady in that scene. I, I, I was... Yeah, she was. She was a convincing, cute girl with pigtails, whose life is going to be turned upside down, and she's in shock. Um, who else is in that support group? Oh. I mean, I have Megan Matheson, bruised if you can find them. Uh, Keith Palmer for sure. Uh, who else is in there? Kyle Singer, Rick, jo- Josh Bauer. Do we think Rick needs support? No. Or is I don't he think Rick is, needs is he strong in the ball area? I think. I think Rick. I think Rick had a pretty good read on the situation, but I think those others are definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely in this group. Do you think Kim Bauer's moderating the group? Because that maybe that's how she recovered, and you know she, you know, you, when you have one of those support groups, you always want someone who's gone through what people have gone through. Plus, she has the whole experience of dating Barry Landis. What? That's I was going to say. What if it's Barry who's moderating that group? And that's well, how he Barry met him. If Barry was moderating this group, then Barry's probably, based on age, moved on to Megan Matheson. Mm, uh, not that it matters because gross, but how old would she be now at this point? Like, I mean, Megan Matheson was like, a pro- Well, she was approximately 18 to 20? Nine, year- nine years old. Okay. And 18 to 24. I think seasons one through nine take place over 18 years, so just take off two. For uh, day one to two. Okay, so and yeah, you know, she's mid twenties. It, it, that's a, Barry. That's Barry Landis's type. So it's only really gross, not not disgustingly, obscenely gross. I mean, it's horrible. Sure, uh, it's it, it's totally horrible. But that's the twenty four support group. I even think maybe Simone Alharazi deserves uh, a chance to spend some time. In, if into she that fucking group. lives. Simone uh, was it, the only one of the people. Well, no, Yasmin too was in this most recent episode of Twenty Four Living Under the Day. Right, episode seven of day nine, and we're on to our fifth installment of the Cast Another Day podcast. I'm David. I'm here with Austin. Hello, David. This is That's this right. is episode five, isn't it? Okay. This this is this is podcast five for episode seven. Yes. Okay. Episode seven, episode five of the podcast, episode seven of the show. Okay, gotta get that straight. All right, my head's my head's straight. Good. We're good. Uh, so, and for reference, just for random reference, the actress who played Megan Matheson is now 22 years old, even though that doesn't fit the 24 timeline. That is real life. So, yeah, the, 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 there you go. So, all right, Psych Nicole Basiak or whatever her name is. Sky Nicole Bartusiak. Okay, I, I was close enough. Sky, no, you, you're before. definitely close enough. <laughs> um, and she was also on a House episode. That's where, um, where I she remember a... her. Yeah, she was a swimmer who got fat, and the coach was pedophiling her. Oh, that oh, oh was the coach Barry or or? Oh. No, it was some other guy. She was also in, a, in an episode of Lost as young Kate. Oh, voice the voice of young Kate. Okay, but this is not Lost. It's twenty four. Whatever. Um. So anyway, twenty four is better than Lost. Okay, day nine, episode seven, five p.m. to six p.m. What did you think of it? Uh, I, I really liked it. I think that this is something that I have this feeling that upon further viewings, this will come out as an episode that I like less than I did initially. Um, as as I'm sure our our three listeners have figured out by now, I'm very kind of in the moment and 
am not always subject to the greatest uh, um, objective observations. It's usually a lot of it has to do with my mood going into the episode and just kind of my little idiosyncrasies. But I, I do feel like maybe this is something that may not hold up after two or three viewings as 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 good as I feel that it is now. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed a lot of what I saw, even in the midst of perhaps a few things that I was kind of like about. Um, but yeah, I I liked um, I liked the the conclusion. Uh, first of all, I think that lasting impression is is of uh, is, is watching Heller kind of just do actually what I expected him to do, and at least make the decision to give himself up. Um, I loved watching. Or this... is it a ploy that Heller's gonna per... you know rope Jack into? Perhaps, perhaps. But the the decision to take that risk to at least entertain that side of things, as opposed to just holding steadfast. But you're right; it could be a ploy. Um, it mostly, I just liked watching him face her and act as as William Devane does. Um Yeah, Kim, he another another very good hour. Yeah. Hour. Um on the acting front, I thoroughly enjoyed the scene between um uh, the aforementioned Yasmin and Kate Morgan. Um such a great job uh by by both of them, I thought. Um I liked the dramatic tension of the droning of the hospital um and the aftermath. Uh, I liked what I called in my notes Benjamin Bratt's kind of remorseful assholery. Um, so I I, I want to say that the only thing that I wasn't really entirely gung-ho about was the whole, hey, look, it's Adrian Cross playing the role of the, you know, conspirator. But, you but know... But that's a total wait-and-see moment. Exactly, exactly. One, they... I mean, are they going to pay that off? And are they going to explain that in a logical way? Right. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And and that's why there's a but there. You know, like I, at first I'm just kind of like, eh, but it, it might not be such a bad thing, like taken objectively if you actually look at things. Uh, is there really anything bad about this? You know, look look at how they handled the whole, holy crap, Tony is, is now suffocating Larry Moss in a supposed mercy killing, but what the hell is he doing? Are we going to find out? You don't know. Or the whole, oh, the plane that's carrying Nina in season two with Jack facing her and like and giving her the evil eye, oh, that just gets shot down out of nowhere. Is that the greatest thing in the world? No, that sounds kind of dumb, but they paid it off. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally willing to wait and see. Yeah, um, this that moment for me was more of a, hmm, mm-hmm. interesting, let's see where they go with this. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out what could Cross's motivation be for doing this and what is the group that benjamin bratt this gavin guy i presume the chinese and cross what 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 is the what is the goal right what is the motivation in that faction whatever it might be so i'm I'm trying to figure that one i'm not trying to figure it out i'm waiting to see what the explanation is for that right making any judgment calls I, i can have any judgment for now that was a good twist and it was also confirmation that Benjamin Bratt is not work. Steve Navarro is not working with the terrorists. Right. At least, at least for now, that's what we know. At, at least, yes. Yeah. At least for now. Fun, fun, fun side note about Steve Navarro, played by Benjamin Bratt, the other day. Uh, one of our friends was watching with us. He had only seen one episode of Twenty Four previously. That was uh, Live Another Day, episode six. Who was it? And excuse me. Who, do, who is it? Do I know him? Oh, Dan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, he he joined in, and he 
was asking questions in commercials, and he said, question, something, 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 who's that guy? Because remember, Adrian Cross was not in episode six. So <laughs> right. he, said, he said, who's that shady guy talking to Lou Diamond Phillips? <laughs> and, and it's I was so confused. racist. I, uh, well, I don't think it's racist. I, I call and, everything racist. Okay, and I don't think... Uh, and I was confused because Lou Diamond Phillips played Mark Salvo in, in season one of 24. Right, right. Um, and, and eventually we, we all figured it out. We, and we were having some good jokes about that's that funny. throughout the rest of the episode. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so, so that was a wait and see moment. It was a good twist, I thought. Uh, it was also a little bit of, of course the show would do that, but I didn't see it coming either. Mm. Uh, so, you know, is Cross completely two-faced is because it would seem that cross helped facilitate the passing of information from benjamin from steve navarro to the chinese now cross's open cell organization has been all about putting national security and intelligence secrets out into the open right so clearly cross has the means to do this but why why exactly is he doing this and and in terms of his involvement with perhaps the Chinese, you know, what makes it different that he's being clandestine about that as opposed right. to, like, what is he giving to the Chinese that maybe he's not making available to the public, like, like as is his normal MO, right? Why why is this stuff that he's giving the Chinese secret and, and everything else public? So, you know, right. that, maybe that, that there's does no lead public... to interesting, you know, development. Sure. Maybe there's no public appetite for what he's passing along to mm. the Chinese, yep. but there is an appetite for the Chinese to have it. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, also you have to ask the question, was Cross the one who turned, who gave information that got Chloe arrested leading up to this day? Right. You know, just again, something to think about. Uh, but so that was, that was kind of my thoughts on that. Uh, I thought this was a really good episode. It was quite thrilling. Yep. Now it might have, it might be one of those episodes where when you look back on it, it'll be defined by one what comes after absolute, it. absolutely phenomenal action sequence uh, and a good moment with Heller, which we'll see how that pays off. But I thought this was one of the best episodes of Live Another Day. I'd probably rank it top three, maybe top two. Episode five is still the top one for me. Then I would go with episode four, or episode <laughs> seven. Yeah, I just keep going back to that Kate scene, um, and just like the, I think the thought that was running through my head was like, "Is there anything she can't do?" <laughs> you have you have the hots for Kate Morgan, which is fine. Well, it's not the physical hots. I mean, look at look at the scenes that she's been playing. She's she she is a destructive force, but yet she's so good and cuddly with kids. Yeah, she she's really good, and she also had that great moment where she saw Jack. I don't even want to say coercively interrogating Simone Alarazi because Jack wasn't trying to get information out of her then. Which was which was a great, <laughs> great thing Yeah, to and she, she just, she had to step out of the room because she wasn't comfortable with it. Yeah. Possibly because she just went through it, you know, 40 minutes ago sure. or whatever it was. But I thought that was a really good moment yeah. when Jack went out and said, I'm sorry you had to see that. I just hate these people. Yeah. And this was just a, a case of Jack doing something very ugly and very human with when things... Got out of hand. I, I love seeing him flustered like that. Not not yeah. I don't I don't like it for his sake, but as a character trait. Like I like seeing that he 
you know, that he is hurt by the things that he does. He, he th- that he does them because he knows he has to. Because you know, you know the 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 kind of the sort of apocryphal lore about Jack in like the mainstream. They apply the whole Chuck Norris Vin Diesel mythos to th- to him, like the whole most uh, most interesting man in the world type of thing, where it's like. Like, like, oh, Jack is so, like, Jack is so scary, he scares, like, AIDS away or whatever, like, it, not not to make a joke about the disease, but yeah, all, you know what all, I mean. All, like, that, all that nonsense. Those jokes sure. about, like, oh, yeah, this is how, like, indestructible and invincible he is, and, and those are all funny and great, but then, you know, if you actually pay attention to the show and the way that the show characterizes, you know, its main players, and Jack is not some cold brick wall... Um, he very much does it because he has to, but inside, half the time, he's dying having to do this. Um, and, right. and I like seeing those moments where he's just flustered and it's just like, you know... And, and when he walks into CTO in Season 8, the great, the, the funny line of, like, I, I, I hate this place. Just, you know, mm-hmm. he is phased by things. He absolutely is phased. And you brought up the great moment last episode when he was being interrogated about Metzger in the bank where Rask says, oh, look, he doesn't even break a sweat. But you cut to him and he's like, oh... He takes that right. breath, um, right? And this was Jack just giving into one of his uglier tendencies, yeah. like like all of us do. You, you know what I also liked about that was you, you you pointing out that Kate steps out of the room, but she doesn't say she doesn't give him a look or say, "Oh, you can't do that" or "Don't do that." She's just like, "I, I know what this is. Uh, maybe this is necessary. I just can't be here right now, but I'm gonna let him do his thing and and let it be." So sure. on on that, I like that as well. Sure. Uh, but really, the high point of this week was that drone strike sequence, which was, I thought that was an all-time great 24 sequence. I was, I, I was very saddened by, the, by those who were victimized by the drone. Like, I, I, in, in one of my little optimistic, like, you know, oh, it's TV, maybe they'll all get out. Like, maybe, no, no, I, I, sh- I, I should remember that this is 24, and there are casualties everywhere you, know, you casualties, go. Casualties, people without arms, people yeah, oh, burning. Ooh. Uh, but I mean, Simone's face as she took it all in. But does that I mean, count as that a was... dismemberment, by the way, or no? <laughs> I mean, it's loss not... of arm, dismemberment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, totally. Now, now it is possible since that woman was in a hospital, she had already lost her arm. I'll just. It looks pretty fresh to me. There. It looks. It looks fresh, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, it was. I'm it was saying. a little glistening. She, she might have been armless going in. Sure. She might have. Okay, and it's just a it's just a charred end. All right, it's not a lost. Uh, but it anyway, looked listening to me, Ooh, yeah. Okay, and, and anyway, uh, apologies to any of our armless listeners. Uh, we're not trying to offend you. No. Um, Although among the but, three of you, I doubt I doubt any of you are missing an arm yet. Knock on no. wood. Uh, but I mean, Jack's trying to get Simone out of it out of the hospital. I loved it when he just said to her, "Fine." You you trust your mother, I'll, and he just let, left Simone there and let her just fall against the wall. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was a great tactic. And then you know they get out of they get out of the hospital. One drone is one drone. Uh, one missile is fired. Okay, and then uh, Mummy and Ian lock onto the, the car, and then the car is running driving away from everything, and the drone strikes keep coming, and then Jack hightails hightails it out of there. There's a great car chase in there. John Cassar's direction was perfection. Oh, this was a John episode. Okay, this was a this John was, Cassar. Yeah, this was Cassar's uh, first episode since Returning. episode two. Oh, oh, since okay, yeah. Episode two. So I'm guessing he's going to do seven and eight. Uh, 
9 and 10 will go to someone else, and then Kassar will pick up for 11 and 12. Yeah. That's generally the pattern. But And then, you know, they, Jack has to go under the bridge and, uh, you know, switch cars there. I thought that was really good. I, I mean, that was that was an exhilarating sequence. I feel like that has to be... It, it's on the short list of best 24 uh, action sequences of all time. I, I appreciated the punch. <laughs> Even though it's the, the punch of the punch of the the the, the bystander uh, to get the driver. car. I mean that that's so typical and like not special. But every time he does that, even though I'm expecting it, and it's like again nothing special. I sat there with my mouth open for like five five whole seconds before like just kind of moving on, just because of the you know the the suddenness and the brutality of just like oh here's a dude. All right, I'm just going to knock him out. Sorry, guy. I got to take your car. I can't risk any resistance, and I'm going to really hurt you and knock you out. And I do this all the time. But, you know, just just I don't know. I I, I overreact to those things cuz they're so funny to me. Um but you can't have a season without Jack doing something like that, I guess. No, no, you 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 absolutely can't. And how how would you have compared it to any of the great action sequences of your? Ah, uh... I don't know, man. There were there's so many good ones. I mean, everything you said about the car chase itself is spot on, uh, particularly from an objective standpoint. Um, I'm one of those people who, and not to downplay it because it was great, but car chases don't do it for me as much anymore. So, you know, I enjoyed the scene and I enjoyed the episode, and I take no negative out of that scene. It's just that I, I guess it just didn't do for me as much as it did for you. So it's hard for me to objectively say um, to, to, to agree or disagree. Like, yes, this was or was not one of the better scenes or greater scenes uh, of all time in 24. Um, right. I mean, for me, it was all about the, the drone and yeah. missiles chasing down the, the car dr- driving sure. away. And the explosions behind it, and Jack having to get out of the car. It, I mean, for me, it was it was all of it. Right. Uh, and I also, by the way, when when Ian realized, oh, that's not Jack's car, and they used the last missile on the car. I was half expecting Mummy to just uh, okay show him the back of her head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, it definitely would have been something that Margot Alharazi would do. Yeah. Well, she showed in the back of her hand quite a few times already. Or, or is it was it only once? It was only once. It was only I don't once. believe she slapped him. I thought she slapped Simone. Oh, I thought she may have hit him too when he... Um, uh, there was that line last episode where he was like, don't second-guess your sister. Because he was like, oh, you shouldn't have killed Naveen in front of her. She loved him or whatever. I, cu- I could be completely wrong, though. I, I'm mm-hmm. quite often wrong on remembering things after one viewing. Yeah, may- maybe that happened. I only saw episode six once, and it wasn't um, one of my favorites. I mean, I can tell you, just going back to the drone strike sequence, I definitely would put the Michelle Jane Saunders hostage swap above it. That's still my favorite action sequence in all of 24. Oh, that was uh, so great. I thought the whole season two finale in the Coliseum was a great one. Jack versus Fayed was another great one. Jack saving Audrey and Heller in season four was fantastic. And then you do have... Uh, the EMP blackout in the weapons shop shootout. That was really good. You have the season six finale on the oil rig. That was a terrific sequence. You have the Jack and Tony breakout in the FBI. Deep Sky. Deep Sky. And 
you also do have the Jack versus the Draisins. Oh, I was I was just about to bring that up. In the season one finale, and the uh, the school attack on Redemption was another good one. Yes, yes. Uh, but but really, I mean, I think this was at a level to you know some of some of those. So I mean, it was probably for me a top ten. Yeah, sequence. This was a, in, this was more special. This was a little more special when you consider the the frequency of kind of like air to ground strikes. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that we've had too many air to ground like assaults like this. No, that this was fun as hell. Um, uh, so yeah, so so that was that was that. Uh, anything else you have on the drone strike sequence? Uh, no, I, I I'll have to watch it again. Um. Uh, watch the entire episode again, obviously, but I, you know, pay pay a little more attention to this sequence and see if there's anything else that that I liked about it that I, you know, that would enhance my my memory of it. Um, right. I mean, elsewhere in the episode, we had Mark Bordreau falling deeper and deeper into quicksand. Yeah. Which, uh, so this this Russian guy with the impressive, the powerful vi- facial hair. You, you, yeah, you said pow- pre-show I mean, that it can't even be called a mustache anymore, and I said I think it's just power. I I don't even understand what it is because do you see the facial hair under his lip? Yeah. All right. I mean that co- that is so. It's power. So deep and, and and covers so much area. I mean I don't think anybody has that type of hair. Where did they find this guy? He 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 grew the hair on a farm and implanted it. It's uh, like majestic. It's face main, perhaps. is what it is. Uh, well, what, whatever it is, it's impressive. I also think the guy um, said the wrong name when he mentioned uh, Mikhail Novakovich. I think he might have pronounced it how we're supposed to pronounce it if we were Russians. He, mm-hmm, he I, I think I heard him say Novakovich. Is that what? He, okay, I thought that's what it was, and immediately I was just like, "Wow, we all suck at Russian," and so does Jack. Well, but but he Mikhail could have done it wrong Novakov- too. Wait, didn't Novakovich in season eight pronounce his name he, as Novakovich? He's a, he, he's a bad Russian, more ways than one. I don't right. know. Uh, I'm a well, bad Asian. Anyway. I don't speak any Asian. Well, anyway, so this guy's really on to what's going on with Bordreau, yeah. and Bordreau's trying to dig himself out of it. Uh, so one question that I had, and and I'm curious as to what your thought is: How does he know? I mean, how does he? Uh, I mean, uh, for us. You know, uh, uh, dramatic irony, whatever. We know what's going on. So, uh, you know, for us to objectively parse how could someone, like, yeah, of course someone else could easily figure that out. I'm not so sure it's that easy. How do you think he knows? Does, is he familiar I, I with the inner out. workings of Bordeaux? Is this something that Bordeaux does? Or I, I think it's Bordeaux's shiftiness. Yeah. I think it's the fact that this rendition order, which randomly appeared, is now being randomly rescinded. Sure. And then he just looked at that signature and then maybe had an idea. And on his own time okay. off screen, he looked up Heller's signature. I forgot sure about it. You're right. I forgot that he looked at the paper. Um, and and that, that that's huge. I, I was wondering, though, even all the way all the way to the beginning of their interaction, he was already suspicious before Mark started saying, yeah, you know what? Maybe we don't want to. Or or did he start to rescind it the very first time they spoke? I forget. He started to rescind. Okay. The first okay. Time then yes, yes, that makes makes a lot more sense now. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just what's what's going on there, and you, you know what I found odd the last I guess two episodes, how 
how minimally Audrey's been used. Ever since she had that huge mm. scene with Jack in episode five, she's barely been in it. Maybe that's a good thing. I mean, it's not a complaint. Yeah. It's just an observation. You know, that, yeah, that 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 I didn't even realize that, but that that is a good thing. You should, so you you kind of keep her from falling into the potential. Well, she's got to be in the episode. Let's find something for her to do. Trap, and I'm sure that once you know, once the Heller plan, whether he is legitimately going to sacrifice himself or try to make another plan out of it, comes to fruition or starts to be. Uh, more more further engaged she'll come back into the fold and we'll get a you know heller and audrey scene and and a don't do this whatever whatever um but yeah i i didn't even notice that she was gone and perhaps that's a good sign it means that everything else is firing on all cylinders and they're being rest- they're, they're restraining themselves from using every single character just because they're there um so yeah good good observation i completely didn't even think about that yeah i mean i just you know she had a scene earlier in the episode and it wasn't a, a notable scene and even chloe was fairly absent this episode yeah. chloe had the, the moment where she was in the open cell you know office or whatever she you was warned she, she continued she her got job a warning. from the cafe I, and that was it yeah i presume that the warning came from adrian cross and i also presume that considering adrian cross is in league with Benji, with navarro doing something that that's gonna bring chloe back into the story sure. in a bigger way. Uh, but Heller's, uh, you, you had mentioned, you know, Heller's decision and whatever, whenever Heller sees Audrey next, that's if Heller sees Audrey next. Right. Because, uh, this was a big episode for President James Heller. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you just reminded me. Um, the, I think the first thing that I jotted, jotted down in my notes was that I liked seeing angry Stephen Fry. Uh, and I like the way that he played off that dialogue in that scene. Is that there's a very, there there was a mounting anger and then a recession into kind of like a gentle pleading or reasoning, which is which seems very British of him. Um, and I, I speak as if I know what British people are like, and I have absolutely have no idea. Um, but Stephen Fry um, has been paying off in this season, and I think he has a, a nice rapport. I should say an antagonist, antagonistic rapport right now uh, with Heller. Uh, what do you think about his his character and his his acting? Uh, I like the character, I like the acting. I actually didn't love that scene hmm. with 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 Heller and Davies. Uh, for me, it was fine. Uh, I think it was. I feel like the dialogue could have been a bit better in that scene. Okay. Yeah, I, I have to watch that again. That that could very very well be true. Um, a lot of me is just sometimes I, it, it, I I just like watching people do their thing even with substandard lines. So I'll have to I'll have to take another look at that again. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was substandard. I just thought it was very. I just thought it was average enough. And some of that is excusable because there's the line that Davies had that we've known each other for years, so the, they yeah. might talk to each other more like friends than you know diplomats right but you know i i mean i didn't it just wasn't my favorite that scene what did you think about heller's decision to go hand himself over to margo well actually let's backtrack what did you think about heller's decision that oh everybody's gonna find out that i'm you know starting to lose my mind and now we're gonna have to bring the vice president up to speak uh on both decisions i i I like them i didn't see i didn't see the 
um, the Alzheimer's decision coming, or whatever he may have if it's not Alzheimer's, but I, I'm pretty sure they've mentioned that it was it was something like that. Um, I did see the, I'm going to turn myself, quote, end quote, turn myself in, even though that's not really the right phrase. Uh, I did see that one coming. Uh, if when? It, when he asked Jack to come see him? Um, no. Oh, uh, there was nothing that really clued me off to it. It's just something that I thought that he would end up doing. Um, when when Al-Harazi first made the demand I and a couple of episodes ago, I had it in my head that at some point, in, at some point, in some way, shape, or form, James Heller was going to make a decision to, um, whether by whether by ruse or you know, legitimately to resolve the conflict, he would decide to to give himself up to Margot. Um, mm-hmm. Part of that was uh, on the kind of on the knowledge of his character dating back to season four, um, when he was able to convince Audrey that, hey, look. We may not make it out of this alive. Their goal is to make us, or their goal is to make me confess to something that I'm not willing to confess to. I would rather die. So let's break open this gas vent or this this gas pipe and and uh, and poison ourselves to death, and and convincing her to do that and actually going through with it. Um, and and that part of his character has stuck with me uh, up until now. And that's why, like, when Margot Margot was like, "Yeah, you know, either I bomb these people or Heller turns himself in," I was like, "He's gonna do it." At some point, he's going to hmm. do it. Yeah, I mean, I actually was sort of surprised surprised by it in that Heller's always been a somewhat hawkish, national defense-minded guy, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't be inclined to negotiate with the terrorists so much. But I also took this as, this is a man who's aging, declining, and maybe losing his faculties a little bit. So, I mean, just the way Devane has portrayed him the entire season, you've seen so so many differences between how Heller carries himself, how he speaks, his level of confidence, his level of energy was versus yeah was season it, versus season four, five, and, and six. six Heller was it this uh, was it this episode? Or, I think it was the last episode where he where he kind of gives himself a look and is like, I repeated myself, didn't I? And he's very shaky. That was last episode. Okay, yeah. At the beginning of last episode. Yeah. That's why Davies caught on to... To the... To, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's a good point that you make. Perhaps it's the combination of his character at his core plus his potential deterioration that, that, that you know, that makes, that makes something like this make sense. Because... You're right. He is an ardent national defense guy, and and I didn't even think about that that uh, that that part of his role in the show prior. And it does make sense that he would not want to take the negotiating with Margot stance. Um, but at the same time, it, it you know he does have that kind of uh, moral character of like I would rather give myself up for the greater good. And so, kind of you know his core character is still there. His judgment is lapsing, and therefore that's causing him to now potentially negotiate with Margo. But again, going back to your earlier comment of this could be a ploy, we, we don't know yet. So I right. just want to wait and see. Right. I think next week's going to be a really interesting episode. Yeah. Heller and Jack going to Margo. I mean, I or, or to Margo's people. I, I guess that's next week's episode. This is not a spoiler in any way. It's just... Yeah, it's 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 trying to predict. Um, yeah, it's. I would hope it's, it's I would just... hope so because because that that is that is you know and, and I 
I thoroughly believe that, that that's the case as well, especially because we're dealing with 12, 12 episodes and not 24. Um, how sad is that? But yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think that's where I think that's where it's going, and 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 frankly, I think that's where they should go in the next episode. That that that's the storyline that they should tackle. Yeah, that that looks like it's the that looks like it's the next episode. And and speaking of things to tackle, like I, it's something that I had forgotten to bring up before we left the uh, the powerful mustache is I I really hope that pays off. Uh, uh, with Jack and the Russians. No, not so much that. More the kind of Bordeaux forgery thing, deep digging himself into his quicksand. Either I hope that either it pays off or they just don't bungle it. I don't know why I'm getting this kind of pessimistic feeling, but and I won't put this at the level of Maya Driscoll. No way, no how. But I do have this sneaking suspicion that maybe that'll kind of go out with a whimper and not really amount to much with with uh, you know I don't think it's going out with a uh, going to go out with a whimper my I biggest hope not. concern my biggest concern with the whole Bordeaux signing that letter forging that letter rather is that it's always felt a bit extreme to me and yeah. I felt that that way in the third episode when he did it and I'm still waiting to see where they go with it I like that he was backtracking on it in episode 6 and he continues to backtrack on it in episode seven, but for me it was a little bit of hmm. I hope they don't go too far with this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's that initial because I, I think I had the same reservations as well. Uh, maybe it's the initial impression that I got from that whole event that is kind of tainting this side story, this this arc, um, or this B side, right. this B story. So, so I, I don't know. I, I I just I just hope it doesn't. I just hope it doesn't become one of those things where it's like, oh man, these these the these things, this this that and the other were were such great touches, such great story arcs, the storylines. That this one was, eh, it was kind of dumb, and they kind of fucked it up in the end. So I, I just hope I just hope it at least finds a way to you know either come to a satisfying conclusion or you know they find a way to make it interesting. Sure. At least I mean they it, it's already given us the powerful mustache, so I suppose that's a point in its favor. Um, yeah, I mean, so. they, they, this story has given us the mustache. Yeah. Um, one thing that I didn't see in the outline in the notes, just one last thing. Um, how about Jordan? <laughs> oh, you know, we, we didn't talk about that. We spoke about Brat, about Navarro's, you know, reticent assholery. But mm-hmm. uh, that was a good moment for Jordan. Uh, I liked, you know, how things en- ended there. Uh, I was it, feeling so bad for him up until that point. Like, I was like, oh, shit, he's just... You know, he's yes, he's poking around, but he's trying to do the right thing. And now he's just getting sent off to his death. And and for for a fleeting moment, I was like, oh, maybe he just sent him on some random errand to buy himself time and not to. Uh, and then just as I was completing that thought, in my no, head. But remember, he asked he asked Cross this provide a cleaner. Oh, see, I missed that bit of dialogue. And I think that's because I was typing my notes, which I need to stop. <laughs> but, Probably. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, he asked Cross to uh, send, send a cleaner out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I'm glad they didn't uh, just turn him into a casualty. I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, right? He... No, I think. I think this was, you know, narratively speaking, they probably needed Jordan to survive because there are only five episodes left to take care of. Yeah. of that story. Sorry about that. Oh, five episodes. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So I've got mail, by the way, in, in case you couldn't tell. Also, a fun twenty-four <laughs> trivia question. Uh, randomly, you just heard. Uh, Something go off on my computer that said you've got mail. 
name the 24 actor or actress who appears in the Tom Hanks Meg Ryan film you've got now. I never saw that. I'm going to take a guess. Uh, uh, very, very small role. Martha Logan? Rako Ellsworth. Oh. <laughs> she, she's a guest at a party or something That's in that movie. Funny. I've also never seen the last five minutes of that movie, but I presume Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan get together. Oh really? It's it so 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 it is a sleepless in Seattle with the internet. Oh, I think it is. I I think it pretty much is sleepless in Seattle with the internet. Yeah, I, I never um, saw you got mail. I've never seen sleepless in Seattle. Oh, there you go. You, um, well, well, I think we've both seen each other's movies then, like we we have just we just haven't. So right, uh, but I, I imagine that they got together. It was something that you've never seen. You got mail. That was the one with Tom Hanks. Meg Ryan owns a bookstore, and Tom Hanks works for. I don't know, basically Barnes and Nobles and they're shutting down all bookstores. So they hate each other in real life, uh, it, but they're emailing each other uh, and they don't know who each other yeah. is and they're falling in love via email and then things happen. Most likely the bookstore gets saved. Sure. If any of our listeners want to write in and tell us what happens in the end of You've Got Mail, I'd appreciate that. Sure. Write in. I will eat, I'll, I will write you back with, a, with an animated GIF of me eye-rolling because... Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks together in that in those movies. Eh. Not that I have a problem with Tom Hanks. I, uh, you know, I mean, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I, I liked what I liked what I saw of that of that movie. So anyway, uh, you back, have something special, to, or do we not get to that yet? No, back to back to 24. Uh, I think we're you know all, all talked out until we get to our uh, last segment. Uh, anything else you have on Heller's decision? Just looking forward to what comes next. Yeah, more or less. Uh, you know, I I am as well. I do. Do I want it to be a ploy? Do I want it to be an honorable thing that is perhaps spurred on by a a, a deteriorating judgment? I don't know what I would prefer yet. You know, and I and I probably shouldn't think about what I want because that's going to taint whatever happens. But you know, th- th- yeah, th- I, I usually like to let the story yeah. unfold and let them tell their story. And if I like it, I like it. And if it fits in, it fits in. I definitely do think uh, that it is a ripe opportunity for Jack to to, to kind of sneak, follow, and go ape shit, and and figure out this whole mess with Margot. So you know, I'm right. I think it could be a big episode, and also I'm, I'm just looking forward to Jack and Heller getting a lot of uh, screen time together. together. Yeah, there's probably going to be a I, car ride. They're probably going to have a dialogue. Stern looks right. You know, and we've also seen Heller shown his skill with a gun, show a skill with a gun. So maybe we'll see some Heller involved in a shootout. Hand him an AK. Who knows? How many presidents, past or, or present, uh, and in their past pre-president stage, have we seen kill anybody in 24? Um, let's We've see. We've got Logan, did Heller, Wayne, and Wayne Palmer. Did Wayne yes. actually end up killing? Okay, so he did. Yeah, he right. killed a couple people there. Right. Uh, we've also seen Wayne commit a burglary as well as the cover-up of a murder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so we have Wayne. We have Heller. We have Logan. Logan's ordered the killing of of uh, he's, Logan he killed killed, Jason he Piller. killed Pillar. That's correct. He Jason did Piller, kill the Piller. last person to die in the original run of the yeah. series. Uh, not Allison Taylor. Uh, did uh, we don't know anything about Keeler's past? Um, no, not Daniels, and we never saw Palmer do that. So there's the answer. So three of them, which is nice. Interesting. Uh, any any ideas on who Heller's vice president might be? That, if it is somebody, yeah, we, you know, I, I hope that I'm not putting myself into the 
Ooh, who's Jack's weapon dealer? It's gonna be Tony, bro. It's gonna be totally someone we know and want to come back. I hope it's not. I guess. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it will be a familiar face, and I don't even think the vice president necessarily finds his way into the last five hours. Yeah, but it could be either of those. Uh, Let me rephrase. You know, I, I should say I hope it's. N I shouldn't say I hope it's not. I should say I am trying to make myself not think about it in those terms because I don't want to be. You know, I want to be surprised if it is, and I don't want to be dis disappointed if it isn't. Did you really think Jack's weapons dealer was going to be Tony? No, that was that was the kind of like extreme, like ooh, what if it is him? But it was, it but but there certainly was an element of, you know, ooh, this could be interesting. This could be someone that we already know, and that could be an interesting twist. But because it wasn't, you know, I had set myself up for that, and that that was my own fault. But I had set myself up for that a little bit, perhaps inadvertently, and I was like, okay, it's just some guy. When in reality, it ended up being fine, you know. Right. I didn't. I didn't really think. Ooh, it's actually going to be Tony. Oh, oh, you know, and wringing my hands together and like anticipating the big, you know, comeback. But you know, again, there was an element of, huh, this this could be big. Maybe it's not. Okay, I mean, I'll just tell you who I would love to see be his vice president, and it will never be this person. Yeah. I, I just want it to be Aaron Pierce. Oh, that'd be so nice. That'd be great <laughs> if he just made it, some kind of appearance. Some well, Adam Pierce is probably the easiest character to reintegrate yeah. into the story because he's a Secret Service agent. Okay, yeah. night shift done. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'll, I'll hold out some hope that Aaron Pierce shows up, but with uh, you know, with I, I have nothing else to add on this. Do you? Nope. Mike Novick right, forever. So for, I'll throw that hat. Mike, in the could be Mike Novick. <laughs> so for our listeners, um, we have a final discussion for you, which is partially uh, a continuation of last week's special. Right. Well. Uh, in a few days, we have Father's Day coming up, so Austin and I thought it would be a good idea to just have a discussion about the best and worst fathers in the history of 24. Last week, we talked about the worst fathers. Specifically the worst, yeah. Yeah, last week, we spoke about the worst fathers briefly. Uh, Navi Araz, Philip Bauer Gary were Madison. mentioned, and Gary Madison was uh, mentioned. So let's talk about bad fathers first, or maybe even average fathers uh, who else do we have that could be that would constitute being a bad father? Oh, I, I was gonna say Heller if we we're just talking about fathers in general, but no, I, I wouldn't call precisely call him a bad father. No, I think Heller. I think Heller's. Been a good, I think Heller's. Yeah. You know, if if it's binary of good versus bad, I think he Heller's falls on good. the good side. Yeah. I think he's probably somewhere somewhere closer to the middle of the bell curve because he seems to have a good relationship with Audrey, and he really took care of her after season six. But at the same time. He didn't have, you know, get along so well with his son. Though, though I, I don't, you know, there, there's some Richard Heller for vice president. <laughs> Twenty, look, Twenty Four has given us the first black president, the first female president, first gay vice president. Done. I wasn't even thinking about the gay part. I was thinking about the father son duo. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about that one? Um. The father, son, daughter, son-in-law, yeah. Heller team. Um, um, the, so, the nepotism much? Um, that's right. So who else could be a bad father in twenty-four? Uh, let's see. Uh, not bad, but on the kind of okay, m m maybe not. Where does Chase fall? Well, I mean, Chase Baby took Angela. care of the daughter yeah. in season yeah. three, Maybe. and then bounced with her in season five. Okay. Uh so it's a bad boyfriend, not good really... father. 
bad boyfriend, average father, because he's certainly being a poor role model for his daughter. Um, so that's where he is. You know, here's a surrogate father that was probably a bad father, Hector Salazar for little Sergio. Mm. Sergio's in on the support group, Sergio. too. Sergio. Oh, Sergio's right. definitely in the, su that's right. the support group. Come on. All right. Um, he's got a lot of things to it's talk It's so about. easy to forget about the poor Salazars. Right. What about Claudia's father? Mm. The rancher. Uh, I, I, he, he, Claudia's father, I think, and, and, and we know very little about his parentage of raising Claudia, so it's hard to tell. I, he's one of those guys that's put into a really tough situation, uh, didn't necessarily have the best environment to be able to do, you know, what we think of as the right thing. Um, I think he, he did the wrong things in order to do what he could for his daughter, um, sure. I, I could be forgetting about some things. Um, certainly, he was working for evil men, doing evil things. Um, but, you know, was he responsible for taking people's lives, or was he just kind of an evil errand boy um, doing it because he had no other alternative to help raise his daughter? I don't know. Um, right. But, you know... Binary, good or bad? I don't know. I, I suppose maybe you drop him in the just below average area, which would land him in the bad camp. Uh, but you know, I, I don't, I don't blame him. I should say. Sure. Now, now, do you think he's the most random twenty-four character we've ever discussed at length in this podcast? Absolutely, along with Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really we've, we've done a twofer. Um, yeah, I mean Sergio just got mentioned briefly. Okay, so I mean, I mean again, that's not, more random than Rita the, Baker because at least Rita Baker is Rita Brady. Rita Brady. See, Come on. I can't even remember the name. Rita Brady is recognizable by her putridness. Uh, father, father, father. Um, now here's another horrible father. Um, I don't actually even remember the guy's name, but the guy who Mandy 2.0 screwed in season two to get his ID and stuff, so Mitch Anderson could fly the plane. Because that guy was cheating on his wife and then ended up getting his kids killed. Right. He was bad father. Yes. That. Yeah, I forgot his name, but that could he be the worst? I mean... No, no, no. He's not the worst. I mean, he look, he just... He got his family uh, killed. He, he, well, he got his family killed, but so much of that was... I don't know what's happening with my computer. So much of that was complete... Something nobody could be prepared for. And okay, fine. not specifically his doing. Okay, fine. I mean, it's a nice lesson that this is what happens when you cheat on your wife and kids. But, I mean, really, that was going, you know, way, way, you know, overboard. Graham Bauer as a father. Graham Bauer as a father. Um, He was pretty kind to Josh. I mean, again, he's another one of these guys. If you do these things, you're going to bring this on to your family. But he seemed to be a pretty nice guy to Josh. I've actually put Graham Bauer on yeah. the pretty... He's probably in the top 25% of 24 fathers. Sure. As, as far as his interaction with his son, maybe not as a human being, maybe not as a husband or a brother, no, he was, but at least as yeah, a father. He's terrible. You know, trying to, uh, uh, he seems like the type of guy to try to keep Josh out of things. Right. Now, we really never got to see Morris be a father other than, uh, you know, a little bit in season seven and then in Chloe's arrest. So I don't know where Morris comes into uh the discussion. I'll abstain I think Jack, from Morris just because it's hard. It, it's hard. We're, we're, we still mourn Morris. Uh, I think Jack Bauer was, for, 
barely a bad father, but still a bad father. Yeah. He, he improved things as it went on. Uh, where do you put George Mason in the discussion? Uh, he, I, I, you know, and, and I've picked up the way that you kind of sigh uh, <laughs> through my many years of talking with you in dialogue, but um, I, I, I can't. I, I, I suppose you can put him on an accelerated Jack arc, where yes, near the end he tried to make things right, but I mean, you know, by any by any measure, you know, just based on how John Mason, you know, interacts with with George. I mean, clearly he's not the greatest father. Look, George Mason says, "Hopefully, I didn't screw you up yeah. too bad." All right, right then he's and there, he's done. He's done. Mm -hmm. He's a bad father. Uh, who else do we have? Um, Tony's child sadly was still in the womb. Uh, rest in peace. Well, I mean, Tony. So, I mean, he. Look at how much Tony did for a kid that never even yeah. came to exist. So, I mean. To, so if he's gonna fall uh, anywhere, he'll fall on the positive side. But I, I, I think we abstain from that too, because technically the, yeah, yeah, it's it. Yeah, the 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 law says that you know kid was not a real kid. So, uh, so I don't know still, if you're pro-choice or pro-life. Still but a as zygote. A of law, potentially, as a matter of law, Tony was not. a We father. don't even know how far along she was. Well, look how flat her stomach was. Yeah. She wasn't third trimester. Yeah. All right. She could again. He it it could have been zygote. Um. Well, no, because he knew the gender, right? That's true. So, what? However long it takes to understand when the penis is coming in, that's how, whatever. Children, um, season eight. Any fathers besides uh, Stephen, Baby Terry's father, who we didn't see at all and he can't really like, judge. He, he seems like a nice he's guy. He's one of the better. He's one of the better fathers. Well, we have Omar Hassan. Ah, uh, I, shitty husband, but Kyla seems to swear by him. Yeah, he seemed like he was a decent father, but, you know, again, he didn't give the File 33 code to Samir, or the File 33 to Samir Moran's oh, men. Oh, right. Oh, so, I forgot about that. File 33. Yes, so he didn't He didn't do that. Um, also from that season, Bezaev. Surrogate, what? <laughs> guy killed, the, guy Mercy killed his own son, and then he, you know, swapped down. He was a bad father. Yeah. I'll tell you a terrorist who is a good father. Maybe the best terrorist father, Stephen Sarkis. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, he had people watching that girl, sure. taking care of her. He okay, made sure to get his daughter back. His daughter was the one thing that broke him. He could be a top five father in all of 24. Yeah, if, it, he, if he weren't such an asshole otherwise. But, you know, absolutely. That's a good you point. Know, Stephen Saunders' top He's. – we'll save him for top five. We'll Syed Ali. Syed Ali, yeah, okay. Ba only based on that little exchange with the faked video feed and everything, and but that no, he's no, no, a good he's a, he's a good father. That Syed Ali. No, because actually he didn't speak. No, he let the and... first kid almost die. Yes, so so got to reverse. Well, he wasn't that. believing Jack would do it. So yes, yeah, Syed Ali now um, on the cusp. Here's an, here's another bad father, barely bad, but bad, probably in the same category as Jack Bauer is David Palmer. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Then he went back over to the good side. Yeah. So he and he, Jack, you know, they 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 started off as not great fathers. They ended up with with as yeah. and the thing with them middling, mildly yeah. decent fathers. And the thing with them, and this is not to excuse it by any means or defend, you know, the actions of any you know poor parenting for the sake of you know the job, but 
you know, to to add a layer of understanding and all and, and in all fairness, you know, their shortcomings as a father were due to their one could say duties uh, necessary for whatever you want to call the greater good. So yeah, again, I, sure. I, it doesn't excuse them from being bad parents, but you, you look at that in a light differently from a Gary Matheson. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like they, you know, they should have yes. been better prepared to be a better, to be better parents to their kids and understand that with this job comes certain sacrifices and potentially by default, if you are, ready, willing, and able to make those sacrifices without question, then you are already putting yourself into bad father uh, territory. But at the same time, you look at why they are making those sacrifices, and then it becomes not right, but understandable. Sort of. I would never want to be their kid. Put it that way. No, I wouldn't wouldn't either. Kyle Um, Singer's father. He he, he did what he could. He did the best he could. I thought he was a he a did what he could. Dad, yeah. When it was all said and done, yeah. Uh, Trying to teach his kid de- right from wrong. Decent dad. Uh, you know, is there anyone else that we're missing as a middle of the road father before we get to you know some of the best ones? Was there a kid into? Yeah, that, that we we don't know who Miguel's father is. So <laughs> well, we don't know who Miguel's father is. We yeah. So who do you think? Good I mean, I know who I think the best father in 24 history is. Um, who do you think the best father in 24 uh, history is? I mean, we've gone through a good few... Oh, wait, wait, I, I, wait. We have to mention one other father. One other father who is a bad father, Danny Destel. Oh, right. That guy had a kid. Yeah, a couple kids. Oh, I, I completely forgot <laughs> okay. about that. All right. Um, okay, so who do you think might, is the best father in 24 history? So we've mentioned a couple of good ones already. We've mentioned Heller. We've mentioned uh, Saunders, which is so funny to me that we're saying that. Top but five. Yes. Top five. He might be top three. Um, 24 is not a show with good fathers. It's not a show with good husbands either. Yeah. We, we, By the way, just as a brief aside, indisputable best husband in 24 history, Tony Almeida. End of discussion. Moving on. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and we Best husband in the history of time. We've, we've given a nod right. to Graham Bauer. Um, who am I for? Uh, there, there are there are a plethora of fathers I'm forgetting that exist on this show. Um, don't tell me your choice yet, but can you just throw, I won't tell throw you out right. a random one to help get my brain going? Bob Warner is a random one. He was a good father. He's probably top five. Ah, uh, yes, that's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Warner. Bob Warner took care of the kids after the mother died. Yep. Still tried to understand his daughter after she became a terrorist. Was really good to yep. the daughter's fiance. He was great to Kate. Gave the kids the business. Didn't force Marie into the business. Bob Warner might be number two on my list of best twenty-four That's a fathers. Good father. Um, I like Bob Warner. I was I was a character I liked. Let me see. Season four, we've got Heller already. Do we have anybody else from season four? Well, we have Navi, who was a bad father. Uh, yeah, that fucker. Um, season five, uh, we don't know about any of Logan's. We don't think Logan has any kids. Um, uh, 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 Keeler. He was a good father. Keeler, yes. Yeah, he, I mean, he seemed to really, um, raise a good kid there. He's probably top five. I'll go with Keeler's penciled Keeler's, in as my number five. Keeler is a good one. Saunders penciled in as my number four. Sure. I have Bob Warner as two. I'm sure there's someone I'm not forgetting. I'm not recalling. Um, any random character fathers I'm trying to think of. So five. Uh, and it's funny I mentioned Keeler in season five because clearly he was involved in four and three. 
Um, no Chinese he, fathers, right? Okay, so screw that. Uh, six was was about the wor- one of the worst fathers in in Philip. Um, yeah. Anybody? Is, is in there a good father somewhere? Oh, here's a good father. Here, he's top five. Ray Wallace. Uh, who is his kid? Michael Wallace. He was the guy who Cal Penn, Cal Penn held his family. Oh, that guy. Then he went to get the device, and he even killed that other guy to take care of. Yeah, his yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that that's a totally good choice. I was I was when you said Wallace, I was thinking of the guy in season two. Season two. Who had the no, thing Ray, Ray Wallace. He's top. He's top five. He was the guy. Henry that, Taylor. That was Henry Taylor. There's my answer. That's your he was the one. best. He's the best father sure. in 24 history. Sure. I I I, w- I would say. Sure. Um, I agree. I, I have no agree. reservations about that one. Colm Fiore. No, I mean, yo, I mean, he was, you know, he believed his kid. He knew his kid. All right, which which I liked. All right, he se- seemed like a true family man. He went to great you know, lengths to was, investigate the, you know, the uh, yeah, the the death. The he never stopped loving his kid after the kid was dead. He still wanted to protect Olivia mm-hmm. after, after she Olivia did what she had did. a hand in killing Jonas Hodges. Okay, so I feel like it's um, Henry Taylor. So we've got Taylor, uh, Bob Warner, uh, Ray Wallace, Saunders. Saunders Saunders at three, Ray Wallace at four, and Keeler at five. Um, Congratulations for a random character, like one of the more random characters. Not randomist, but sort of random characters making it in. Ray Wallace. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, unless... We're missing someone. So those are the best fathers Rita Brady. In, in 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 twenty four history. May everyone have a happy Father's Day. May everyone be thankful that Navi Raz is not your father. Okay, and may all fathers strive to be. May all fathers strive to be Henry Taylor. Yes, without the dismemberment. With without the dismemberment. Ideally. So don't get yourself uh, into that situation. That's that's right. Um. So that's all I got for you, Austin. Anything else? Uh, no, I think you know. I I think that the, the last thing I'll say is that you know the last uh the last hour or so of conversation actually never happened. Right. Whatever happened here didn't happen. Shut it down. Thanks for listening to 24 Casting of the Day. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet David at DeepSky24MDNA, that's the number 24, and Austin at Mr. Chupon, that's M-R-C-H-U-P-O-N. Or you can drop us a line at our podcast page at 24ladcast.tumblr.com. Again, that's 24ladcast.tumblr.com. Please keep them scoped to anything about the most recent episode to date and prior. No questions or comments about reported rumors or spoilers about future episodes, or even anything you saw in the promo for next week's episode. We really don't like like spoilers.